Amen, and welcome to church. We want to say thank you to our worship trio to this morning. I think that they've done a fantastic job. And also, it's a great reminder that um, when we serve God, it's not to do that within our own power, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit who's in us, and then the Holy Spirit can do that work when we are not able to. So welcome again. I want to say that to every single one of you who chose to come here to this morning. And also we want to say welcome to our online audience. Thank you for watching us for the last year. And probably most of us realize that today it's the New Year's Eve, right? So happy New Year's Eve. Um, you know, the older we get, the New Year's Eve doesn't matter too much, right? Yes, I hear that. If I were to ask you, how many of you remember what you've done for the last New Year's Eve? How many of you can say, oh, I know exactly what I've done? Okay, a few people. What about two years ago? Yeah, same thing. <laughs> right, right. So I hope that this New Year's Eve will be different. Because if people ask you when you go back to work on the second or the third, say, what did you do for New Year's Eve? And you can say, I spent it with godly people at church, and it was memorable, right? So I hope that you can do that. And, um, um, you know, in our Canadian and North American context here, New Year and New Year's Eve is not a big deal. It's almost like it's a technical holiday, tomorrow, it's a new day, a new year, whatever. You just have to make sure when you change the date on the checks or something like that. But in other cultures, the New Year's is such a big thing, right? If you think about the Chinese New Year, it's such a great thing. Or, or Jewish New Year, it celebrates and celebrates the, um, you know, the, the new life and, and it's so excited. So we, as people, we measure life in days, in months, and in years. So it's a new year. We want to make sure that also we acknowledge that and we celebrate. And we celebrate it's a new year, a new year that, gave, that God gave us. But also with that in mind, we acknowledge that the New Year's Eve and the New Year's Day and the celebration can be difficult for some people, some of us. Because maybe this is the first New Year's Eve when... Um, people are spending their time alone after some of um, their dear ones passed away. Or maybe it's the first time when they uh, celebrate the New Year's Eve as a retired, or maybe they are forced into retirement. Or maybe they are spending this with a big diagnosis, and they don't know what will going to happen in the new year. So acknowledge that. And our prayer is that God will touch our hearts and will bless all of us with his comforting peace this morning. Amen. Let's talk about the deal, okay? So let's imagine that in you know, one of these mornings, the bank director from the bank where you bank here, I don't know, I, uh, RBC, CIBC, Montreal, the bank director calls you up and say, Dan, I have a deal for you. Every day for the next year, you'll receive $1,440 each day. However, there are two conditions. 
So I just try to think about if we want to, to acknowledge what that money means, like $1,440 each day, it's roughly $10,000 per week, or $500,000 per year. That's a lot of money, right? So this bank director says, listen, all this money is yours, but there are two conditions. The condition is that you're going to receive $1,440 every morning. When you wake up, the money is deposited in your bank. And the condition is that the money that you don't use that day are lost, are gone forever. And at the end of the year, you'll have to give a report about how you spend the money. Now, what would you say? Would you take that deal? Count me in. Sure, I'll take that. I'll take that deal. You know, the, the thing is, or the, the, the real deal, is that God, the creator of time, he gives to all of us every morning 1,440 minutes every day. And that's roughly 10,000 minutes every week. And that it's about 500,024 minutes every year, right? And the condition is the minutes that we don't spend that day, they're gone. They're lost forever. We never can go to recoup that, that time that we lost. And I think there's going to be a time when we will be accountable to God to how we spent the time that he gave us. So actually, even if we want or even if we don't want, all of us would get the same deal, the same time that we have. And this morning, we want to look in the Word of God and to talk about how can we spend this time wisely. So the passage that we have this morning actually is just one verse. Um, there are a few, few different verses, but the main verse is from Psalm 90, verse 12. Psalm 90, verse 12 says like this, Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days, so we may gain a heart of wisdom. Right? So when we read this, it's intriguing, and what I've done, I looked at different versions of the, you know, the Bible and just put it there to see what other translations, other versions, other translations of the Bible, um, they want to say about this, um, this verse. We know that the Bible was not written in English, right? So that it had to be translated. So there are a few different versions of the translations. So if we look at the New Living Translation, the same verse says, teach us to realize the brevity of life that we may grow in wisdom. Or another translation says, so teach us to consider our mortality that we might live wisely. Or another one, so teach us to number our days, that we may get a heart of wisdom. King James says, so teach us to number our days, that we may apply our hearts into wisdom. And the last one says, teach us to count our days, so we may become wise. Teach us to count our days. You see, Psalm 90, it's a beautiful psalm, and it was um, written by Moses. And actually, it's a prayer. And I think that Moses wrote the psalm when he was in the desert after 40 years of wandering with the people of God and guiding them. And he's writing the psalm. It's such a beautiful psalm. It's a psalm that maybe sometimes you hear it read at funerals or uh, memorials. Uh, it's a beautiful psalm that talks about life and about how life is short and the transiency of life. 
And this psalm is still relevant for us today because all of us, we need to learn and appreciate this, the wisdom in the psalm, right? Now, Moses, he was one of the smartest people in the world at that time. He probably studied at the Royal Academy in Egypt. He studied mathematics, physics, arithmetics. He studied a few different languages. For sure, he knew how to count. He's not asking from God to say, God, teach me how to count like one, two, three, four. He knew how to count, and he knew how to do that in a few different languages. So the question is, what is Moses asking God? What is Moses asking God to teach him? Right? And, and I think that the New Living Translation can help us in that, because basically it says, teach us, to realize the brevity of life, that we may grow into wisdom. You know, the word brevity, maybe it's a used word, maybe it's not that used. And when, I, when I've heard that for the first time, I thought, is this similar with brave? Brevity and brave have nothing to do together, right? Probably you know that by my accent, English is my second language. So sometimes when I, when I hear a word, I want to understand how it was formed and to, to explain to, in, in my own mind. So brevity and brave has nothing to do together. When we talk about the brevity of life, brevity basically it's another word for that means short or brief or impermanent or transient. Life is brief and life is very short. And this is the message in that, um, in that statement. Teach us to count our days or to number our days. It shows us how short our life is. So teaching, uh, praying for God to teach us to number our days has nothing to do with arithmetics or with mathematics. It's all about meaning and what, it does, and what does it mean for us. Why should we number our days? Why should we count our days? To gain a heart of wisdom. Now also it's important to know that in the Bible, when we talk about the heart, it's not just the heart that we talk maybe culturally about the feelings. The heart in the Bible is the spiritual part where our emotions and desires dwell. So it means that our thoughts and our feelings are in the heart that the, the, the Bible talks about. The big question is, why should we number our days? And the answer is to live wisely, to have a wise life. Maybe we'll see that I have a few different questions for us this morning. And one of the questions, how to live wisely? What does it mean to live wisely? And first of all, what it means to live wisely, it means to appreciate the present. We have to appreciate the present. And the message today is how to live wisely. And I hope that the Holy Spirit will teach each of us, all going to speak to us, what we need to do, right? So to appreciate the present, and also when we talk about the brevity of life, something that is very important for us is to think about our salvation. To think about our salvation. Today is the day when we can call Jesus to be our Savior. Today is the day when we can ask Jesus to come into our hearts. Today is the, the day when we can make things right with God. Tomorrow is not promised to us. Yesterday it's gone. So the, the most important decision that we can do every day is to make sure that our relationship with God is good. 
And I pray and I hope that if somebody's here to now, to this morning that has not accepted Jesus as their Savior, can do that today. At the end of the service, we're going to have prayer partners. And if you want to talk more with somebody about that, we can do that. We don't want anyone to live today from here without making those decisions, the most important decision in their life. Then appreciating the present means to acknowledge the brevity of life, right? If you read Psalm 90 from verse 1 to 12, you're going to see it's a beautiful psalm. I want you to read it home. It talks about the fact that human race, it's impermanent, it's transient. It says that um, the stronger live to be 80, the, you know, other people to 70, and our life, it's, it's very short. Now, also, if we look in another psalm in the Bible, Psalm 30, another man of God, and this was David, and, uh, verses 4 and 5 says, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days as a mere hand breath. The span of my years, it's nothing before you. Everyone is by the breath, even those who seem secure. We see that David, the same way like Moses, they have the same prayer, the same request for God. God, show me how short my life is so, so I can understand and I can, I, and I can be close to you. You know, there is a stereotype that young people, they don't think too much about the brevity of life. And young people, they don't think too much about... Um, you know, how, the, the, how life is so short. Sometimes young people think that they are immortal, invincible, right? Nothing will touch them. What they, they're going to live forever young. And, and some of us who are, young, uh, who are um, older, we can say, yeah, uh, there was a time in our life when we thought like that, right? Especially if you, uh, if you talk with seniors, they are more preoccupied about, you know, their life and how they spend it and stuff like that. The, the most important thing is to know that it doesn't matter if we are young or if we're old. Our life can be short. And the next day is not guaranteed for us. And I'm pretty sure that each of you, you know, people who passed away who are very young. I think that as a community, we think about this year, there was a, um, a tragedy in Wallaceburg when there were like few young people in a car. And few of them, they, they died in that car accident. Maybe you remember that. I'm pretty sure that those guys were not thinking, and they were like under 25, all of them. Maybe none of them was thinking that morning to say, I'm going to die today. No. It's like I would just go about my business and do whatever I'm doing and whatever, right? Some of them survived, but it's sad. Um, when I used to work at the hospital in the social work team, I had to cover a few different floors, and there was a time when I, I would cover the palliative floor, now, that's one of the hardest floors in the hospital because people, when they're at the end of their life, they go on the palliative floor. And I remember working with people who were as young as 20, who had the terminal illness, and they had weeks, weeks to live. It's hard. And when you would talk with them, I would talk with them and trying to provide um, support and, and emotional support for them. None of them would say, oh, you know what? Yeah, I thought about it. I'll be 20 and I'll die. None of us, right? I think that sometimes we live in a big denial and we think that, oh, we'll never die. We're here forever. The thing is, life is very uncertain. And, and all the time that we have is today. 
right here, right now. Tomorrow is not guaranteed for, uh, for, for none of us. So what we have to do, we have to live wisely. Now, I'm not saying this, that we have to live with anxiety. Oh, we're going to die. The truth is, all of us will die sooner or later. Somebody said that all of us, we cannot leave this planet alive, right? It's part of our transition. But I'm saying this, that we have to live with awareness and responsibility. Awareness and responsibility to say, you know what? This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will be worried and freak out in it. No. How, how is the verse saying? I will rejoice and be glad in it. Why? Because if I die, I know where I go. And I know what's happening. Right? So we want to live with awareness and responsibility. Maybe you've heard about the saying of Bill King who said that yesterday it's history. Tomorrow it's a mystery. Today it's a gift of God. Which way we call it the present. Right? The present. Now appreciate the present also means that sometimes we go through seasons in our life when we want the time to speed up, but there's no speeding up and we feel that the days are long and they're never ending, right? Parents with young children, they know what I'm talking about, right? When you run on two hours sleep and you want to, you need to go to work and the baby is not sleeping and it's like, man, when will the day come when I can go to bed, everybody goes to bed, or when we go to eat, everybody sits in their own chair, eat from their own plate, and you know what? It, it will come. It will come. I think about, you know, it's um, my, my kids are 11 and 13 years ago. Uh, so I remember 13 years ago and 11 years ago when it's like, when am I going to have a full meal for five minutes? Because I couldn't. But no matter how long the days were, they ended, right? So for me as a young dad, I'm not, I'm not young anymore, but then, you know, lots of people with good intention will say, Dan, celebrate this. You're going to miss this. This is so good. Good advice, but I couldn't receive it. I couldn't accept it. What I accepted was, was a saying that somebody said, when you have small kids, the days are long, but the years are short. And that is very true. It's very true. The days are long, but it doesn't matter how long the day is, we're going to come to an end. Even if you work shift work and you work in, I don't know, healthcare and it's 12 hours now, it's 12, 6 hours, maybe 16 hours days, it will come to an end, right? The day is coming to an end. And we have to appreciate that sometimes we wish our life away because we are not here and now appreciating what we have. Now, also, we know that when we struggle with a severe chronic condition, like a chronic pain, or we are stuck in a bad job, or we are um, stuck in a bad situation, we want the, the time to fly by, and maybe it's, it's not happening too fast. So in those times, what we have to do, we have to encourage ourselves with the words of Jesus from Matthew 6:34, where Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. That's such a beautiful verse. Such a beautiful verse, right? When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel exhausted, when we feel that we're our, um, the, the end of the rope, we have to understand that we need to take one day at a time. And when we cannot take one day at a time, we have to take one hour at a time. 
And, we, and when we cannot take one hour at a time, to take one minute at a time, and just to trust God that he will be with us. Now also we have to be aware of our, uh, our tendency to rush through life, and we miss the, pros- the present moment. We need to appreciate God's gift for us, the present. You know, the enemy, Satan's strategy is to make us busy. It's go, 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 go all the time. And our life is such in a big rush sometimes. I acknowledge that's not for everybody. But for some of us, it's such a big rush. And we just rush and, and everything is on, on a rush, right? And we don't have time to smell the flowers and appreciate the moment and taste the food because we're just rushing in our, in our mind. It's like, oh, I have to go to the other Christmas and wrap another present and I have to cook another turkey and do this and do that, Right? When you have kids, you run to work, you run home, uh, you run through the drive-thru to pick some food, then you quickly uh, you know, feed your kids, take them to activities, maybe you skip the unimportant parts of the night routine and you put them to bed and you ask them to sleep very quickly, right? It's rush, 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 go to bed. Because in the morning we have to wake up to do it all over again, right? It's almost like a race. Life is not a, a walk in the park, it's a race. But you know what? It's a rat race. It's like a rat race that we never come to an end. We just run, run, run in a direction that is not helpful for us. Now, I know that this is exactly the opposite of what God has for us. God didn't intend for us to be in, um, on an automatic pilot there. No, we need to stop. We need to take a deep breath. We need to train ourselves to be grateful to God for the air that we breathe. To be grateful that we are here and now and we can pray and we can worship and there's not war outside, right? We need to acknowledge that we can be with the community and really appreciate all the things that we receive from Him. Today it's a gift from God. We have to appreciate it. We have to take advantage of all the blessings that He has for us to appreciate it, right? We are called to live in the kingdom of God. And the rhythm in the kingdom of God, it's one day at a time. It's one day at a time. We cannot live two days in one. Today is just Sunday. That's it. Monday is not here yet, right? But we can spend today, or we can waste today, worrying about tomorrow. But we are not there. We are still Sunday. So in Sunday, it means that I have to take one day at a time. And this is what Jesus says, you know what? And trust that when Monday comes, God will be with me there, and I'm going to face whatever I need to face on Monday, right? I have to trust God that when we live in the kingdom of God, when we live in the kingdom reality, nothing gets wasted. Anything, good or bad, that happens to me, God can use it for his glory, for my good, and for the benefit of others. But I have to trust God for that, because when I'm in it, I don't see it. I don't see it. We have to have a kingdom perspective for that. So when tomorrow comes, we'll deal with When life is difficult, I need to focus on improving the quality of the present moment because I can spend the present moment with regret about the past or anxiety about the future. And when I'm doing that, that means that I'm not here and now. I'm not present. I'm absent. And Richard Bailey and Joseph Clarkson, I really like their... Um, they are called, they sum it so nice, and they say, life is really nothing more than a series of present moments, one after another. Are, you are always living in this moment, 
in this moment. You, will you leave it present or absent? And that's the big challenge for us. How do we live the present moment? Are we appreciating or we are waiting for the church to end because we don't like what we are being told or we have a date or we need to go to Walmart and I hope that they don't close before we are done, right? So we have to appreciate the present moment. How to live wisely? We talk about appreciating the present. Secondly, we need to acknowledge and analyze the past. You see, the New Year's Eve is such a great time when we look back and say, you know what? I've come a long way this year. But also we can look forward and say a new year will happen in about 13, 14 hours, right? The New Year's Eve is a, such a special time. When we look back over the 2023, the year 2023, we want to give thanks to God for our accomplishments at home, at school, at work, and but also we have to be humble about it, to give God the glory. Also, we have to count our blessings for 2023, right? Um, also, we want to gather positive memories from the past. We have to choose to focus on positive experiences and also to choose to let go of anger, of bitterness, of resentment. And I see in, in my work, I see individuals who struggle with intense emotions like anger and bitterness and resentment. And those emotions are literally just eating us up. And there's nothing healthy about that. And it's so important for us to be able to come to a point where we can heal and we can let go and move and move forward. No, I don't want to sound dismissive um, and simplistic in my explanation. There are situations where we need maybe to seek help and to seek counseling and trauma therapy for the things that happened, because we cannot change what happened. We have to accept what happened, but we need to heal what happened so we can move on, right? Also, acknowledge the past means analyze the past. And in the verse from Jeremiah 2nd with verse 23, it says, look at your way in the valley. That means look at your footsteps in the valley. Our life is like this. We go up and we go down. We are in the valleys and we are on the mountaintops. Let's say today we are on mountaintop. It's so important to reflect and to look back at our footsteps and to say, hmm, what happened there? What happened there, right? We have to acknowledge and to realize and to understand that life is a journey with God and we need, we need to examine to see what we do um, in, in our walk with God. When we look back and analyze our track record for 2023, can we set direction? Are we moving closer to God or do we move farther from Him? Are we happy with how our devotion life is? Are we happy with how our family is, with, with what we are doing? It's so important to stop, to think, and to reflect on these things, right? Um, maybe there's no progress in our life. Maybe we go in circles like the Israelites. But we have to see what can we do. What's within my responsibility to do and to move forward, right? When we take time every day, to think and to reflect about the day, we call the daily examine. And we're gonna talk about that in a second. So we talked about living wisely means to appreciate the present, acknowledge and analyze the past, but also living wisely means to anticipate the future, to plan the future with God. 
You see, God is a God of order. In creation, God planned everything wisely. And we are encouraged to make plans. It's important for us to make plans when it comes to our relationships, our careers, our families. Um, it's very important to make plans. However, we need to involve God in our decisions. And I like the verse from James 4, 13 and 15 says, Some of you say, Today or tomorrow, we will go to some city, we'll stay there for a year, do business and make money. Listen, think about this. You don't know what will happen tomorrow. Your life is like a fog. You can see it for a short time, but then it goes away. So you should say, if the Lord wants, we will live and do this or that. It's important for us to make plans, and it's important for us to include God in those plans and to say, God willing, we're going to do this and that, and to recognize that God is sovereign and he has the last word. Now, also, we have to do our uh, part and to trust God for our outcome. Sometimes we want to predict the future. We want to know exactly how the things will turn out. And this is, you know, it's very hard because we are not in control of that. But this is an opportunity where we can trust God for the outcome. Our job is to be faithful and to our do our part. And God is in charge of the outcomes. 2023, it's almost over, right? There's not too many plans that we can do for the next 12 hours. I hope that if you make plans, make them very wisely. But we can plan the next year, 2024. Now, when we plan for 2024, it's important for us to ask ourselves, what do I hope to accomplish in my personal life, in my schooling, in my job, in my relationships? And when we plan, please plan with the end in your mind. So have the end in your mind. So what I mean by that, imagine that today it's December 31st, 2024, and you're looking over 2024, and then you want to ask the question, what did I accomplish in 2024? Am I proud of it? Is God taking the glory? Think about that and plan with the end in mind. Next year on the same day, what would you like to feel that you have accomplished? And think about that. And, and uh, with that in mind, to anticipate the next year and make plans for it. Today, we talked about living wisely, that it means to look, to appreciate the present, to look at the past, also to uh, anticipate the future. And if we were to rewrite that verse and to make it a prayer for us, maybe we can say, God, Teach us and show us the brevity of life. Show us how short the life is to know how to live wisely by appreciating the present, acknowledging and analyzing the past, and anticipating, anticipating and planning the future with you. Now, very briefly, I thought that I have all this time to preach, but the time is uh, getting away. So I appreciate the time, but very briefly, I want to introduce you or to remind you of three spiritual disciplines that we can use in the new year. Maybe, you, maybe you've heard about this term, the spiritual disciplines or um, soul training exercises, and this is something that is good for us. It's good for us to come closer to God. And um, the three of them that we can use, the first one, I would like you to think about your walk with God your journey with God, your relationship with God, and 
to think about what we can do to keep that alive, right? Um, you see, in the old days, during the winter time, before we had central heating and thermostats, right? The father or the mother of the house, they had to wake up and start the fire in the fireplace. And that fire will heat all the house. But you know what? It was not enough that just that they started the fire in the morning. During the day, they had to go to attend the fire to put a few more logs in, right? If you don't put logs on the fire, what will happen with the fire? will die down. Our relationship with God, it's exactly like, like that. And I'd like you to imagine that fire, the daily fire. When we wake up in the morning, we have to start to start the fire in, in relationship with God. But then, during the day, every few hours to stop and to mend the fire, to feed the fire by prayer, by thinking about the, the words um, of God, or maybe by even um, reading devotions. Um, we have to do that on a daily basis. And definitely, we cannot just the fire, start the fire on a Sunday morning and hope it will going to last until the next Sunday morning. It's not going to be sustainable. Each of us, we need to work on the relationship with God. So please think about that. How do we work on our daily fire? What do we do to maintain the fire life, that burning fire between us and God? It's a metaphor, right? The second thing um, that we can do, the second uh, training exercise, whole training exercise is called daily examine. So what this means is that at the end of the day, I want to look back and in prayer and to think about and just to ask some questions. How was today? Almost like you, you stop at the end of the day and you watch the tape, right? In the sports, after they play a game, do you know what they do? Most of them, they watch the recording. Why? Why do they watch the recording? Because they, they won the game. Because they want to learn and to improve and to learn about the missed opportunities and near misses and stuff like that. So we can do the same for ourselves. Before we go to bed, watch the recording of your day and think about, how did I do today? Was there an opportunity for me to do it differently if I had this chance to do it tomorrow? Or is there something that I should not do at all, right? So when we do this at the end of the day, then um, when we examine ourselves and then we turn things over to, to God to ask for, for wisdom, we call this the daily examine. And the last one, the last soul training exercise is called slowing down and setting margins. Now, margins, I'd like you to think about them. Maybe you've heard about this, like a, a page, right? A page. On the page, there's nothing written from one edge to another. There's a little bit of space there, margin on the sides, on the top, and at the bottom. There's margin. The same way in our life, do we have margin in our life? Or our life is written from one edge to the other? And we have to think about how can we bring some margin in our life? And when we bring margin, then we have time to slow down so we can appreciate the present moment. James Bryan Smith in the books, The Good and Beautiful God and Good and Beautiful Life, he provides some of these ideas. For instance, waking up 10 minutes early or cut out unnecessary entertainment activities or explore scaling back your commitments by asking, is this essential? Do I really need to be involved in all these committees and all of that stuff? Leave 10 minutes early, walk slowly. 
When you come to church, don't park here. Park at the very end of the parking lot. When you go to Walmart, don't park right there. Park at the very end of the parking lot because that gives you an opportunity to slow down and appreciate how you push your cart with groceries, right? And that they will help you to slow down, right? When you drive, no, I, I like this is from his books. It's not from me. But when you drive and you ask, you say, God, teach me to be patient. You know what's a good opportunity for you? If you see that somebody's driving slow, go behind them and just bless them. And just drive slowly and say, God, I thank you for this opportunity that you're teaching me to drive slowly and take these breaths and open the window and let it out because maybe it's like flames coming out of you, right? But when you do that, when you do that, you are giving yourself the, the opportunity to train, to learn patience. How are you going to learn to be patient if you never practice being patient, right? If you don't drive, we don't want to count you out. When you go to the grocery store, look at the longest line at the checkup and do the same. Do the same. Stay behind. Don't push the car though, right? Just stay there and pray and say, God, I'm taking this to slow down, to create margin in my life, and please help my wife not to kill me when I go home because I'm late with groceries, right? I'm joking, but it's so important to look for the small things that we can do every day where we can slow down and appreciate. And when we do all of these activities, this will give us the opportunity to slow down, to appreciate the moment as a present from God, and will help us to use all of those 1,440 minutes in a wise way. So at the end of the day, none of them, they are wasted. All of them, they are used. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for this morning. And you thank you for your word. We thank you that you want to teach us the brevity of life, Lord. And you want us to teach us how our life is so short. But also, Lord, you are teaching us that you are with us and we can live wisely. We can appreciate the present. And we know that you are with us in the past. And we know they're going to be with us in the future. And we thank you for your promises. We thank you for all the encouragement that we have from you and from your word. Please help us to live wisely in the next year. And please bless our church and help us to live wisely as a church. We thank you for everything that we receive in your name. Amen.